live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Tuesday morning, a TWO's Day morning on 2-22-22. Deuces. And the wind chill is 222 below zero right now <laughs> to make it all symmetrical. Well, not, not really. quite. Not quite. It is, it's 12 below uh, wind chill right now. But that wind, she's a howling. Uh, woke me up this morning before my alarm did as it was uh, battering into the side of our house. We've got eight degrees and we've got a little bit of snow on the ground here. A little bit. It's not ending. By any means, the uh, impacts of the dry spell that we've had this winter, but just enough to be a bit of a nuisance here this morning in the capital city. Uh, Mark, anything else to add on the weather? LFR crews are having to battle uh, the extreme cold. They've got a two-alarm house fire about four blocks east of uh, the Bryan West campus. It's a block south of South Street. Okay. And uh, they've got 12 units out there. They did a, a search of the house. Then they had to pull out. The fire got into the roof and the attic, and so they were fighting it defensively. Some concern there was reports that there was an elderly lady that lived in that house. They haven't been able to locate her, but they haven't found any anything else in their initial searches, but they've still got crews on the scene there. So. Okay, and that's, of course, made more difficult oh. by the winds that are just, just howling right now. Winds and the cold temperatures, yeah. really. I mean, you got the chance of uh, ice, you know, s- slip and fall and, you know, just keeping the gear running. It's just really tough on them. And then, as you mentioned, uh, power outages an issue yeah, it, in the county. As of 610, the power has been returned to all customers by Norris Public Power District. They were about 1,100 earlier. Okay. Uh, Hickman, Rokeman, uh, Roca sprague and martel martel area uh, just under 1100 at four this morning and uh but they're uh, the last time i checked here right at 610 is that uh, they had everybody back so okay not a good night to have power out yeah uh no doubt no doubt about that as well um in terms of the weather over the course of the coming hours and days uh, as i said very cold uh, windshield right now um, between 12 and 14 below at the moment. Uh, you look at what the wind is going to do for the rest of the day, and that is not much different than what it's doing right now. It's going to stay pretty consistent where it's at right now throughout the day. It is actually going to increase in the overnight hours from tonight into Wednesday, and the temperatures will also be dropping uh, to zero, maybe below zero in those hours as well. And that's why you've got right now uh, going into effect a little bit later a wind chill advisory that starts at six o'clock. And so we're talking about going down another 10 or so degrees on the wind chill uh, tomorrow night as opposed to where we are right now. Yeah, 25 below will probably uh, overnight into tomorrow morning. And uh, it's good, but it's going to remain cold through Thursday at least. So, yeah. And then- we got another chance of snow Wednesday night into Thursday. Oh, okay. 30% chance of snow at that point. And then by uh, by Sunday, high on Sunday right now, forecast, Mark, yeah. 54 degrees. 
according to the actually I looked at the National Weather Service they have bumped that down as compared to uh, our other service here that we yep. use and so National Weather Service saying 35 35 but on my screen here I've got 54 here for Sunday but nonetheless even the weather service is going uh, after you get to uh, Saturday 44 on Saturday 35 Sunday 41 on Monday and so again sunny skies temperatures in the 40s even if there is some level of snow on Wednesday night, not going to be something that's going to stay around a whole uh, real long. No, but if there is, if there is uh, any type of snow cover, that tends to hold the temperatures down. On that's true, and perhaps that's impacting what that forecast is for this weekend. So, nonetheless, this is a uh, this is a a cold shot. It's a you know it's a pretty temporary one, but we haven't had a lot of this this winter at this point, and so it makes it a little more jarring. After we were at what about seventy on Sunday, close to it. A uh, huge, huge drop in the temperatures right now. And oh, I know my nap on the deck was wonderful Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I sat outside. I sat outside Saturday night. I sat outside Sunday as well. I did not sit outside this morning. Uh, but I, I want to say a quick shout out. I always, whenever the weather is terrible and I drive to work, I, I will often see someone outside who is so committed to their fitness that I am just. I'm wildly impressed. Today it was a uh, today it was a biker who was going up uh, going up the hill by Pius on A Street. Wow! Uh, with the wind just howling, and I just if you're listening now, if you're back home, hopefully you got a uh, hot chocolate and a warm blanket. But shout out to your commitment to fitness, biker by Pius the Tenth. Hope nothing's frozen. <laughs> yes, I do hope nothing of any sort is is frozen for you. So, uh anyway, that's what we've got going on with the uh with the weather situation. Um Mark Beyond Weather uh headlines today. Well, um Doug Fitzgerald was uh guest hosting uh, Drive Time Lincoln yesterday and he had uh, gubernatorial candidate Brent Lindstrom on talked about how he wants to make uh, Nebraska more competitive. And he, he went into quite a bit of de- detail in giving the example on Social Security income and, and how it's been taxed. But we're one of the few states that do tax it. And how hard he's worked in the unicameral. And it looks like this year, finally going to get that passed with uh, that coming off by 2025. So he actually, uh, you know, shared some very specific things that uh, he would like to do. So okay. it, it was kind of a, a, an interesting conversation. With, uh, the senator. I, another just related to that. Did you see that former Democratic gubernatorial candidate Bob Christ, former state senator as well, is switching to the GOP? So he switching can, back, so, switching back to the GOP, yep. so he can uh, so he can support Brett Lindstrom in his race for governor. I, had, I did not see that. So yeah, thank you for he enlightening is, uh, me. He is. Yeah, he's going to be. He announced that yesterday and is uh, is going to change parties. Um, and in 2018, he ran, of course, against uh, Pete Ricketts to become the governor as a Democrat at that point. Uh, but former legislative colleagues there, so they, they know each other for that. Uh, Chris got 26% of, uh, or excuse me, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I've got the wrong number there. But nonetheless, whatever yes, party was, gets it done, he was appointed by Heinemann, though, originally. Went from Republican to Democrat when he challenged Ricketts, going from Democrat back to Republican to, to support, support Lindstrom. Okay, I think I got that right. And, and again, you know, it, it's always interesting in uh, in Nebraska if you are now if you're an independent, you get a choice of ballots. But it, if you're a Democrat in primaries, how many people 
think about changing over just for the purpose of having a primary vote that feels more meaningful, since in a lot of cases it feels like, for better or for worse, the, uh, the, the Republican primary is the one that is going to have the most impact on exactly what happens. And probably that is the case again with the gubernatorial race this year. Yeah, it's so. it's gonna it's gonna get tighter and tighter as yeah. we get closer and closer, and and uh, it just is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there there you go. Uh, coming up on the show today, a couple of things that uh, I want to get to. Uh, obviously, a lot to talk about with Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. With so much going on um, in in Nebraska news and politics right now, uh, we I'm are curious our- if if he's hearing anything about. Uh, ways that state government and state agencies might be planning for a possible cyber attack oh. with this Russia. Uh, yeah, that's Ukraine interesting. Thing. Just, you know, what type of preparations or are there even discussions going on at the state level with this unrest over there? Right. Now, we just had a, a big trade delegation get back from uh, the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, 25 people, including Secretary of State Bob Evnen and uh, my good friend Nate Bloom with the Nebraska sorghum uh, growers. Uh, Nebraska was only two, one of two states that got invited to that big food show in the, wow. United, in the UAE. So, okay. But, you know, it, it just seems like we're hearing about this going on in Ukraine, but what if we do have a cyber attack? What if it takes out uh, part of the utility grid right. or, or affects the financial uh, network? And there are, there are a lot of people who know a lot more then, then I do said, look, this, you know, this Russia-Ukraine conflict isn't necessarily going to spill over, uh, probably, hopefully, into you know, well beyond the borders over the uh, over the ocean. But the way that it could is with those cyber yep. attacks. And, and and you know, we've got some bad actors in the world. I mean, if you get the U.S. somewhat, uh, I guess, focused on on Ukraine and Russia, what does North Korea, Iran, China do? Yeah. Cyber-wise. Well, and China's got a vested interest, of course, in how the world reacts to this because they have a not exactly the same but similar situation with Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And both of the countries are speaking out. Uh, there was uh, uh, both the leaders of, of course, those countries and the leadership of those countries are speaking out with slightly different, um, oh, what shall we say, perspectives on what's happening yeah. with with well, Russia and Ukraine now. And also, I probably should point out, and, and we can get more into this in the sound off, but Germany has stopped the certification process of that Russian pipeline. Oh, that's the Nord Stream so, 2? Yep, they have stopped the certification overnight. Wow. Stopped the certification process of Nord Stream 2, which has been a big factor in the way that Germany has dealt with uh, Russia diplomatically on, on this and other issues. Well, it, it's um, going to affect us because oil this morning was up four dollars a barrel in the futures trading. Yeah. yeah, the 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 more that this thing goes down the road, that it looks like it's it's going to that is going to be one of the the many impacts on that. And uh, and again, we'll get more into this into the sound off. But um, Russian forces continue uh, to be to get into those um, quote separatist portions of yeah. Ukraine. Putin basically said he's recognizing them as separate sovereign nations at this point, and not to be it, cynical, but he doesn't seem to put a lot of uh, stock in sovereignty. Yeah, um, yeah, and and so the dominoes unfortunately seem to be continuing to fall to what looks like um, something that is going to be a um, a pretty historic 
event and something that is going to have some real complex geopolitical ramifications for well, it, for Europe, for the for for the United States, for China, for for everyone involved. It looks like he's trying to rebuild the USSR. Yeah, I mean, I mean he essentially said, "I've I've got some clips here. Wow. I've got some clips from his speech. He did an hour speech on Russian state TV, and that's basically what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wasn't really mincing words about it. Okay. So it's uh, well, I'm not a, a Russian linguist, so I'll take your word. No, I've, I've got a translator for it. I mean, honestly. was that in your Beatles documentary? In my my be no, it was not back in the USSR. No, it wasn't. No, that was okay. this was this was sort of the post. This was the just pre breakup Beatles. Oh, okay. And I noticed this there was, was a Let It Be era. Notice <laughs> notice there was at least one social media poster that takes some issue with your seedings. Oh my goodness! Ooh. All day yesterday, there was more than one. All day, <laughs> I, I saw. I woke up. I woke up on Twitter to a gif of a burning dumpster. <laughs> That's the one I saw. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, last thing I know, I need to take a break, but uh, my. Uh, my daughter, my kids, going to school today without a mask for the first time since the last day of school before spring break 2020. Lisa and I tried our second restaurant since the, well, of course, I knew who the finalists were. But over the weekend, we got one, and we got one, okay. one last Look night. Look forward to hearing. We're going to have a special announcement about Munch Madness at 810. Uh, you can do some good in the community. I have a special guest joining us then. Plus a concert announcement today. 623, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Yeah, and we're going to start out uh, outside of uh, Lincoln because the entire world is looking at Ukraine right now and um what's going to happen there exactly and uh, it's it's been a busy overnight in terms of developments we touched on some of that uh with the germans be stopping the process for the time being of certifying the the pipeline um many world leaders speaking out about what's happening right now and russian troops advancing into the so-called separatist portions of ukraine polish defense minister has confirmed now that russian forces are inside those two breakaway areas in eastern ukraine Russian tanks, as well as motorized vehicles, armored vehicles, have been posted on Russian social media, now confirm that they are in those two regions that Vladimir Putin recognized as independent yesterday. It's not clear whether these forces could be part of a larger attack. President Putin gave pretty much of a history lesson yesterday, an hour-long one, on Russian state television, basically saying that Ukraine was not a real country, that it was a creation of communist Russia. He said the biggest mistake that was made in the past was allowing the U.S to break up so they're, they're going to what mark said earlier uh that's what we're talking about and i've got i've got a clip of that but these these separatist areas have been there's been uh, there's been skirmishes going on for a long time regarding them over the course and 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 really this uh all all started in 2014 um when uh, Russia was uh, making some advancements on some of the areas that were former Soviet republics. You probably remember all of the talk about Crimea at the time. And there's been some fighting going on there. There's also been some agreements on ceasefires and limitations of the fighting that's going on right now. And it's it's kind of something. I mean, you've got these you've got these pro Russian um 
military presence and and the separatists that are there, uh, whether they are, you know, Ukrainian separatists or whether they are uh, actual, I mean, Putin plants, just to, to put it fairly bluntly. Uh, I think is is a large topic of conversation regarding this. So that's the brief and rough sort of history of of what's going on with those. Of course, there's a larger history with with Russia and Ukraine generally going going way back into um, into World War One, World War Two, and then of course the Soviet Union, Soviet Ukraine, and then in the early 90s, Ukraine uh, essentially becoming independent from Russia at the time, at least in their minds. And continued tensions, and now that is where we are here. Here's what Putin had to say. I consider it necessary to take a long overdue decision to immediately recognize the independence and sovereignty of Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic. I'm asking the Federal Assembly of the Russian Federation to support this decision and then ratify treaties of friendship and mutual assistance with both republics. These two documents will be prepared and signed in the immediate future, and we demand for those who took over and retained the power in Kiev to immediately stop combat activity. Otherwise, the responsibility for continuing the bloodshed will lay on the shoulders of the Ukrainian regime. Hmm. Hear that? Do you hear that? There is. There appears to be looking looking very closely for any possible provocation here in going forward um and so more now on the reaction of the of the world on uh this whole thing vladimir putin is calling those troops he's sending to eastern ukraine peacekeeping forces here in ukraine president Zelensky addressed his nation at 2 a.m local time we are on our land we are not afraid of anything or anyone we don't owe anything to anyone we won't give away anything to anyone we are confident in this. Here in the country's cultural capital in western Ukraine, all the remaining American diplomats have evacuated the country, making the U.S. withdrawal from Ukraine complete. Ukrainians I've spoken to on the street here are very nervous and afraid of the potential full-scale Russian invasion. Now Zelensky is continuing. Now Zelensky is saying now he says he does not believe not that there is going to be a an, an all-out war uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Now why why he's saying that at that time is based on an actual belief that that is the case if you're doing it to calm a whole lot of things in a country right now where i mean kiev is what two three million people huge i mean it's a it's a huge portion it's a huge city uh in in ukraine and obviously on edge right now very significantly so anyway i just wanted to touch on a lot of that because i'll be honest probably a lot of us are are trying to learn as much as we can about what's going on, why it's going on, the history of what's going on, because it is going to be incredibly um, significant on the world stage over the course of the next few weeks. And, you know, you th- you see some people throw out there, and I'm not saying I am, but you, you're seeing some people throw out there the, the quote, another World War Three possible. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I don't want to be overly dramatic about the entire thing, but it's interesting. You do see all of the interconnections of the world coming into play here from from NATO countries mm-hmm. and and their defense of Ukraine, from China and their connections with Russia right now financially and otherwise, and also shared interests 
between China and Russia because China has a place called Taiwan that is, as I said earlier, it's not necessarily completely apples to apples, but it's not super dissimilar either from the situation with Ukraine and the disputes that have arisen over what is or who is sovereign in in those territories. And so there are a lot of moving parts worldwide on this whole thing, and that's why people do throw out those sort of dramatic terms that go along with this right now. And it it appears to be developing um, in a way that I think maybe maybe we thought it would more quickly last week, but it looks like it is it is still happening now. I'm going to guess that potential between a Biden Putin summit. We talked about it yesterday. Gonna guess that's out the door now. Yeah. Gonna guess that is not. That's going to be a non-starter now at this point with that speech last night and the things that have happened since then. So and. You know, and and Biden said over the weekend, they believe. I mean, they haven't mince words that they believe that Kiev is going to be under attack at this point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll continue obviously to watch this. I'll try as best as I can to <laughs> try and try and continue to read and learn and understand exactly what's going on and, and try and be helpful and present it without. I mean, I probably don't have a huge pro-Russian bent on this thing. I think a lot of <laughs> Americans are kind of ingrained with that. But nonetheless, try and just kind of do some explainers on everything that's going on as best I can. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on outside of that? Oh, meanwhile, with State of the Union uh, coming up eventually. Could Washington, D.C. D.C. essentially be shut down by truckers? From Parliament Hill to Capitol Hill. American truckers could mimic Canadians with 18-wheelers locking down D.C., Ottawa-style. Capitol Police preemptively block Capitol roadways with snow plows, garbage trucks, and dump trucks. One convoy plans to hit town on March 5th. Another caravan could come this week, but may not roll near the Capitol. It could just snarl traffic on the Capitol Beltway. Washington-area lawmakers say that could paralyze the East Coast. Bellway is a pretty crummy place in traffic as it stands without a uh, <laughs> trucker protest from from my experience on on that whole thing. But, yeah, this could be something that that develops into a more significant situation in the United States as opposed to just Canada. Meanwhile, how about some how about some good news? Uh, COVID numbers continue to plummet across not only Lincoln, Nebraska, but the United States. There were barely more than 100,000 new U.S. cases of COVID-19 this past week, according to Johns Hopkins University. That's about an eighth of what the nation was seeing just five weeks ago. In New York, their reported case count is half of what it was two weeks ago. The drop in cases detected comes as more states are either dropping or scaling back mask mandates. A number of states such as Utah are closing down large testing centers. Boston's mayor dropped the city's indoor space vaccine requirement. Eben Brown, Fox News. All right. And like I said earlier, um, my my kids are going to school today without masks for the first time since I don't know what the exact date was, but my, I was talking to my daughter about it last night. The last time was the last day before spring break of 2020. Last day before spring break of 2020 was the last time. Well, that that week would have been the last time before this past Sunday that I went to a Husker game without a mask because mm-hmm. I went to a baseball yeah. game and yep yeah. Um, so, so there you go. It's, uh, boy, it's going to be, 
you know, you've got some you've got some kids in that situation. Think about it. So that was uh, that was two grades ago. Mm-hmm. Was, so you've got some some second graders or some some first graders mm-hmm. who are doing it for the first time in their elementary school career. Yeah, since they yeah since they've been going to that those schools. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Hey, price of something is going up. That's great to hear. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. we do. Uh, Mark already mentioned the gas, but now you people who like me, who you people, I'm one of them, who uh, put down four or five cups of coffee every morning. Eww. Roasted coffee prices haven't spiked this much since 2012. Andrea Parrish owns Victor's Celtic Coffee. She's already trying to manage the rising costs. We've increased prices 6% over the last two weeks. Cafe Lusso owner Philip Meach says people are making their own coffee to save money. They're buying a really nice machine and buying a really good roasted coffee and brewing at home. Roasters are trying hard not to pass costs to customers. Victor's is changing things up to bring in more revenue. Merchandising, Uber Eats, Uber To Go. Um, the, the local art shows, having live music. In Redmond, Washington, Jake Carolexis, right, Fox there, News. There you go. Uh, news out of the sports world, as we predicted yesterday, Jawan Howard not going to coach again during the regular season after the on-court skirmish with Wisconsin's uh, Greg Gard, but more speci- more uh, broadly, the uh, couple of members of the Nebraska, uh, Wisconsin coaching staff. University of Michigan head men's basketball coach Jawan Howard got heated at the end of Sunday's loss to Wisconsin. Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo! And Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. Audio courtesy of CBS Sports, Howard seen on camera getting into a verbal altercation with Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard in the handshake line before striking Badgers assistant Joe Krabenhoff. Now Monday, the Big Ten suspending Howard for the remainder of regular season, the last five games for the Wolverines before the conference tournament, also fining him $40,000. Gard was given a $10,000 penalty. Michigan players Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams, along with Wisconsin's Jacoby Neath, were all suspended one game each. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Gard not suspended, he just got the uh, the fine. Just got the five right, yeah. uh, ten grand and uh Howard gets forty grand. Last but not least, February twenty second, twenty twenty two, otherwise known as Tuesday. Two twenty two twenty two and its five repeating twos are considered angel numbers in numerology that spurred a run on weddings in places like Reno, Nevada, where the cities teamed up to stage altars across town. Oh, this really is a draw. Christina Perry, owner of Garden Floral and Coffee, one of several wedding sites, expecting many people to come in and say, I do. It's really interesting. People love these special dates. And especially this one, because it's, you know, once in a lifetime. Numerologists call the two the number of intuition, observation, and relationships, telling wellandgood.com that it's also a prime day for a first date or to focus on self-care. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Well, I guess it'll be the self-care thing for me then. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what you guys are getting. All right. We'll take a break. That's it for the sound off. We're going to talk to Jason Ball from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce next on KLIN. An economic conversation for our city and upcoming events with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce on LNK Today. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have Jason Ball joining us shortly from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Just a reminder, it's cold out there today. Six degrees in the capital city, 22-mile-an-hour wind gusts, uh, or uh, steady wind right now. 
And uh, that's giving us a wind chill this morning of 15 below. You go throughout the day, and that wind is not going to go down much. Of course, the temperature will go up a little bit when we get some some sunshine. It'll get into the mid-teens today, but you're not going to get wind chills above zero until uh, Wednesday afternoon or at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the next time you're going to have a, a wind chill above zero, and they're going to get especially low tomorrow night during the overnight hours, uh, looking at 20-plus below zero wind chills during those overnight hours tomorrow so a heads up on that and we are in a wind chill advisory starting tonight at six o'clock and that'll go until noon on wednesday uh, 2025 below zero forecast for those overnight hours and then uh as i said in the open it's uh kind of gets better after that we get up to a high of 28 on friday at 44 on saturday uh sunday looks like we're gonna flirt with the 40s again and then monday into the 40s and probably back into the 50s by the middle of next week so we'll see just how long of a is this just a very intermittent stop in what's been a, a a warm spring or is this kind of foreshadowing for what we're going to see during the month of march so there you go that's a heads up on what's going on weatherwise coming up during the seven o'clock hour joe jordan news channel nebraska is going to join us eight o'clock at eight ten we're going to have a special announcement about munch madness and something new that we're doing with munch madness this year partnering up with a uh, local organization uh hopefully do some good with it and give restaurants a second chance to be a winner in the entire process so that's what's coming up. Jason Ball joins us right now from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Morning, Jason. How are you doing? Jack, good morning. I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm good, and I'm uh, I'm glad to talk to you. Uh, so I've been seeing uh, seeing over the course of the last couple of months the conversation about uh, Lincoln's new flag. I've seen it. I think it's cool. I like I like the design. I know City Council approved it, and so we have uh, one in the building. Do we? Yeah, Where? I have one downstairs. Do you? Cool. We should put it up here. Yeah. Oh, uh, you guys are early flag adopters. <laughs> We're early adopters of the uh, of the of the Lincoln flag. But I know you guys are uh, because I know a young professionals group had a huge huge part in this as well uh tell us about what kind of plans to celebrate this are yeah so uh thursday february 24th at pinnacle bank arena in that first floor lobby we're going to have an official first flag raising and, and celebration to kick it off and it's it's just got such a great story it was the lincoln ypg and the lincoln uh ama uh that that reviewed over 190 entries and it was the all roads lead to lincoln by ed miha Mm-hmm. that uh, that was chosen. So it's a great story, great community event, and a, and a wonderful si- symbol of our community. Jason, uh, you know, I know when you came in the first time here uh, uh, about a month or so ago, we talked a lot about workforce development and the issues that are really nationwide when it comes to that, and in Lincoln as well. I know there's some things going on in the legislature that, that could impact that here locally. Tell us a little bit about what you have your eye on there. Yeah, well, it's a big week for reviewing uh, workforce development uh, bills in the legislature. So, and again, not to bore everybody with too much of this, but uh, LB 1167 uh, is another $50 million in ARPA funds uh, that would be applied towards internships. Uh, uh, There's LB 699, which would appropriate $100 million in grants to improve uh, technology infrastructure in support of, of workforce development. And, and all the chambers of the state are calling this Workforce Week. Uh, we're trying to get the, the hashtag good life game changer out uh, in, in the legislature. 
uh, to celebrate all the work that we're doing to help businesses find good people in this state. And that's a challenge right now. And major discussion going on about tax reform in the legislature, too, uh, income tax, corporate tax. And I know this is something where the um, Link Chamber and, and Chambers in the state have been uh, supportive of this bill. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's there's two companion bills, uh, LB 938 and 939. Uh, one is related to corporate income tax relief. The other is related to uh, individual income tax relief, uh, particularly with respect to the individual income tax relief. Uh, it's, it's going to help our middle class and middle income families because uh, uh, for those that are making uh, at, at a surprisingly uh, lower amount on the spectrum, they're already paying at the highest uh, amount of income tax at the state. Mm-hmm. And so these are state competitiveness issues. We've got all the states around us that have a more competitive tax environment, both for corporate and personal. We want to make uh, Nebraska a state that can compete on these and attract people here. Well, and I just read the uh, the Iowa House passed, I know, a, a pretty significant income tax reform bill, too. So that goes to exactly what you're talking about as well. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Jack, can I just congratulate all the, the restaurants that were uh, on the bracket for Munch Madness? Yeah. I, I, I love this. This is going to be a huge deal, and I can't wait to eat at every last one of them if I can get there. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably have some you've been before and some new ones as well, so uh, we'll get you covered for meals here for a while. Sound good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I Very love good. It. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Thanks, Jack. There you go. Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. KLIN. All right. Welcome back. 709 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's Tuesday morning, and we chat on Tuesdays, 710, with the News Channel Nebraska's reporter, Joe Jordan, about Nebraska news and politics. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Uh, you guys get a lot of you guys snowy mess up there uh, in, the, uh, in the Omaha area this morning? No, it's just that there's some slick spots. There's something's come down a little bit and sticking someplace. Yeah, that's that, just, that's kind of what we have too. I just the wind woke me up this morning. I didn't even need my alarm, so it's one of those. Yeah, we got days. some of that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, boy, anything happened in the legislature over the last few days? It's been, uh, boy, it's it's been a busy one. Um, and of course, with uh, Senator Groney stepping down uh, amid some accusations that were made of him about uh, about about taking photos here at this point uh, let's start i mean we've talked quite a bit about that yesterday but uh, i'm kind of curious where does this go from here i know that there have been discussions and some have said that there needs to be a, a more full more extensive investigation on that uh, what do you know about how likely something like that is and what the implications of something like that could be well i don't know how likely it is uh but it certainly seems like there needs to be a lot more questions answered about what took place, who knew what, when, to use the old Watergate phrase. Uh, I mean, Senator Hunt has made it clear she sent a letter to the Attorney General, head of the State Patrol, head of Capital Security. She wants a thorough and prompt investigation. It's relatively, it'd be relatively wide-ranging. There's conflicting reports now as to whether or not these photographs that Senator Groney apparently took of this woman, his aide in his office, were they circulated by email uh, on state laptops around the Capitol? Uh, in the initial report that came out of uh, the Sunrise News Organization indicated that there had been emails, that, that the photographs had been sent out. 
Now, in, in other published reports, the woman and Groney are saying that that didn't happen. But and so that's just another question: Were they sent? Weren't they sent? Uh, if they were sent, what did the receivers do with them? Right. Uh, there's there's that question. There's also the question of what other uh, leaders in the legislature knew about all of this going on with Groney. When did they know it? Uh, should actions have been taken before this thing leaked out as it did on Friday? I mean, the, the questions are so wide-ranging that you would think that Senator Hunt's request for an investigation would be relatively quickly heard from. Uh, the, we're going to do this. We're looking into it. Uh, now, it may take a while before we get some answers, but I do think uh, the senator's request for an investigation from one of those three entities that I mentioned, if not all three of them working together, uh, would be something that they would want to get back to her and let her know that we're going to do this and here's our roughly, here's our timeline when we want to get some of these things answered. Uh, it'll be interesting also to see how the Republican Party sort of you know, deals with this. Uh, this is the time when you really are glad if you're the Republican Party that it's a nonpartisan legislature. Mm. <laughs> For now, yeah, because <laughs> you, you can say it's got nothing to do with us. But he, you know, he he was a, Groney, as we all know, Senator Groney was a you know uh, strong conservative voice in the legislature uh, and uh, had a had a clear cut following, and and now that seat's open, the governor's going to appoint somebody. He says he wants to get that done relatively quickly, which I'm sure he does, because uh, there's going to be legislation coming up that every vote that he wants is going to be and needs is going to be out there. So he doesn't want to have votes taken where there's only 48 senators voting and not 49, especially when that 49th is going to be a most, you know, 99.9 percent. It's going to be a very conservative Republican appointed by the governor. So there but there's a lot of questions about this whole groany incident. As I said, the biggest one is who in the legislature knew what when. And then uh, if these photographs were sent out, who received them? What did they do with them when they received them? With, with, you know, supposedly when uh, Groney was, these photographs had, had, had uh, sexually explicit comments uh, tagged along with them. Well, if that's the case, did anyone else, you know, raise any other uh, items and make any other additional ex sexually explicit or or, or morally, you know, questionable comments about these things. Uh, again, lots of questions, very few answers right now, but I don't think we've seen nearly the bottom of this thing. Well, yeah, how much consensus or, or consistency in in reporting and or even from what you know is there about what, I mean, it sounds like there's still a lot of questions about what actually happened, what was... Uh, it's a bit vague, right? I, in terms of yes. exactly. I mean, I know you alluded to the fact that we still don't know if they were sent out or not, but even what these pictures were, what was said, I mean, that there's a whole range of outcomes and and sort of levels of seriousness, low or high, that that could would be attached to that, I would think. Well, there's a few things that don't necessarily add up. Uh as I understand it, uh Senator Groney has well the report indicated that these photographs uh, of this woman were zoomed in to certain body parts, uh, and, and that made them sexually uh, questionable. Groney has said that there was no zooming in done. Now, so was there or wasn't there? And if there wasn't, well, there are pictures of a woman in his office that apparently she didn't know were being taken. 
But if that's a simple mistake, why did Groney resign? Right. So, you know, so there's, there's, there's a variety of things that, that just don't add up on the, on the, on the face of them. Because if, if, if the pictures were, you know, oh, I took these pictures of this woman in my office. She was posing with this, this person. Or somebody came in her office and wanted their picture taken. Or, you know, he just took a picture of her from across the room. And it was, you know, it's a regular, quote, unquote, ordinary photograph. Right. If, if that's the case, why would you resign? I did, you know, yeah. you'd, you'd apologize for, hey, I'm sorry I inadvertently took these pictures, or I should have let you know, I'm really sorry. And and the other question is, why would the woman be so upset if there wasn't something sexually questionable about the pictures that were taken of her? So I, it, it, there's like, again, all I can keep coming back to is all these things that we're talking about just raise more and more questions and make you believe that somebody's got to come up with the answers to let the public know in, in what we're always told is the most transparent legislature in the country. What in the world really happened right. uh, with those with this situation? Yeah, well, I mean, whether it was more serious or less serious, you know, all, all of those things I think are are relevant here. But does the fact that he left and and he you know resigned basically immediately uh, dropped his regents race as well? But does that make it? more likely that this is not going that we're not going to have a lot of those answers just simply because i mean just to contrast of course you remember of obviously the the bill kintner situation which there was more information about that and because there was more information i think it probably was even more damning than at least where we're at right now but he fought that thing out in the legislature. Him, what's the impact of him leaving immediately like that? Just on the likelihood that any of this information gets out. Well, I would, I would, and I think if you're saying, does it make it less likely we're going to learn information? Yeah, I think it does. Because mm-hmm. if he, if he, if he's standing up on the floor of the legislature, every time he speaks, you're vividly, visually reminded of this thing that's lurking in the background, if not, if not lurking in the foreground, so to speak. But him stepping aside does put, quote unquote, put some of this to rest. But I don't think, I don't think it puts enough to rest. And you know, again, but it, but it, you know, the attorney general, the head of the state patrol, they could come back and say, you know, we've looked into it and and it's gone as far as it's going to go. And that could be the end of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless somehow the, there's a special legislative committee that's created to look into this. That's always a possibility. How that would come about is hard to say, given the leadership of the of the uh, legislature and you know how they want to play this thing out. Uh, but in the but in the short term, you know, there's there's the stories aren't going to go away because. Groney has legislation still pending in the in the in the in the hopper down in Lincoln. Uh, as I understand it, senators are going to be asked if someone wants if Groney's got Bill A and some other senator wants to take the lead for it. Now they can jump on and do that. Uh, if they don't, I think the bill then just dies. Uh, so there's that there's that issue out there of whatever bills Groney and he's got several that are floating around. Uh, and so what happens to those bills? Uh, then you're going to have the the uh, the appointment of a of a new state senator. That person's going to be sworn in with the governor. Uh, these things are all going to be quick reminders. There was this that this incident, whatever, with Groney happened, and it, it, so it's not going away. In the, certainly for the next several days. To me, the real question though is: Will there be 
at some level a uh, concerted investigation so the, so the so the public can know what really took place yeah in terms of the and, and by the way just a final thought on that before we get to some of the legislative implications but i guess you know i if grony and i don't know he's kind of surprisingly been open to talk talk about this i thought some of the in some of the reporting that i saw i guess there's nothing that that's stopping him if he he's claiming hey the the you know the characterization of this isn't right i suppose he could just put him out there and say hey here you go this is what it was you can decide right i mean you could do that yeah you know what's interesting about about his uh somewhat public uh response to this whole thing is he said he was resigning because as i understand it he said he was resigning because he didn't want to put his wife and family through this Mm -hmm. through the politics of this but he's really had no problem talking to different segments of the media about what took place. So, you know, there seems to be a slight disconnect there. Now, granted, had he stayed in the legislature, not resigned, run for regent. Yeah, it would have been different. Yeah, it would have been, you know, every time he opened his mouth or the opponents would have come after him questioning everything he did. It would have been a different level. But it still uh, he it still raises the question of how wrong was he in what he what he did or didn't do. Right. I it's just not clear. And then comes this sentence that I never thought I'd say in my life, but could Grony's resignation doom the chances for the legislature passing a bill that would allow for medical marijuana, which is uh, because he was behind that bill. We've, we've talked about this in the bat in the past. I'm hearing that there started to be some collaboration uh, on that with some of the other proponents of medical marijuana. To me, that's the most interesting one. Does anyone pick that up? Does someone pick it up? Who is one of the more notable proponents of medical marijuana going forward? And we certainly, I certainly don't have the answer to that mm-hmm. question, right? Uh, because he was sort of the, you know, he was, uh, he was the Nixon go to China guy. Mm-hmm. You've got this strong conservative Republican in the legislature, ready to make some quote unquote compromise on on medical marijuana, and and while which I think most people thought came out of the blue, and then all of, and so now all of a sudden you've got other conservative Republicans thinking well. You know, maybe this is our way to, you know, blunt this this whole marijuana thing before it gets too far down the road from us. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a legitimate question: Will somebody else, you know, grab that ball and run with it? I, at the moment, I don't know. Also, I don't know that that it's going to matter in the end. I mean, medical marijuana, barring something bizarre to me happening, uh, is going to be on the ballot, and the voters yeah. are going to go after it in November. And, and I think, and I. My gut tells me it's going to pass. Uh, I've been wrong before about stuff, but we'll see where that thing goes. But but the, the groaning push in the legislature was certainly curious when it happened. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how it impacts it all the the tax cut proposals that are out there right now that are being debated at the moment that are pretty significant at this point, too. But I am out of time. Joe, appreciate it. Uh, we'll get more into what's going on in the legislature next week. All right. Take care, Jack. Thank you. you. Go, Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska. 723, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. KLIN. Yeah, we got a lot to get to today, so let's get it started with... Number five. Old Man Winter and Mother Nature got into a little tiff, and Old Man Winter, I think, won out because it has turned cold. This is going to be the longest cold snap 
of the season so far, this winter season. Uh, wind, uh, wind chill advisory goes into effect tonight. Through noon tomorrow, could have wind chills tonight, 25 below, but we could be around zero or below most of the day because the winds are going to be up there 20 to 30, your favorite jack gust of 40. Yeah. And uh, maybe get into the teens for the rest of the week. we got a slight chance of some more snow coming in tomorrow into Thursday. So it really kind of a bad morning for LFR crews. They battled a two-alarm house fire about four blocks east of the Bryan West Campus, a okay. block south of South. Structure is a total loss of just hearing on scanner. They're not letting crews, they're having to fight or, you know, finish up off of aerial ladders because there's so much ice on trees and limbs that they're afraid somebody's going to get hurt if limbs fall. What a mess. So they're saying to the crews, stay out of the yard. And, of course, you got ice all over. They did have a fire hydrant that didn't work, but they had uh, other resources there. So they're in the cleanup stages there. And then down south, Lancaster County, Hickman... Martell, Sprague, Roca, 1,100 people this morning without power. It's all back, came back about uh, for the final group about 6 o'clock. But bad time for power, bad time for fire, and and school going back. Absolutely. Uh, don't, don't at all uh, envy, but I'm thankful for the men and women in LFR that are out in the middle of the night dealing with that thing, and then you got a fire hydrant that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and, and as Chris Lofgren mentioned in one of his reports, going to be a morning you're going to want to warm your car up but don't leave it unlocked and running you know either stay with it or yeah. lock it <laughs> those things are uh, happening happening a lot there are opportunists out there when it when it comes to that and uh, it, it's it's gonna uh, like you said it's gonna bottom out here overnight hours tomorrow night in terms of the the most significant cold wind obviously wind chills at that you know 25 yeah, that's, they've below. actually brought that into tonight also. Into tonight. Yeah, yeah oh, 25 below in the tonight. Com- yeah, that's the overnight hours tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah into, into, uh, and, into tomorrow. And don't be surprised if that gets extended. And then uh, and then by the time Friday, we'll start to get a little bit back to what we were. And by the time the weekend comes, we should be a lot closer to what we've come to know as uh, winter 2021-2022. Yeah, so boy, a few days. Boy, the people of the south and to the north of us have really gotten hammered. Yeah, this, yep. yeah they, they have, without a doubt. And hopefully, actually, hopefully a little bit more moisture coming yeah. with what happens nearly Wednesday s- into Thursday. Nearly 75% of the state in some form of drought. My goodness. And then compound everything, we've been acclimated to the mild winter that we've had right now. Uh, I would I would just take 10 degrees away from whatever wind chill you hear because that's what it's that's what it feels like. <laughs> 10 more degrees below that is what it really feels like to our acclimated bodies yeah, from 70 degrees ish on uh, on Sunday. And I know by the way this isn't uh, on the morning drive, but uh, thinking about my kids this morning as they're going to school here for the first time since the last day prior to spring break 2020 mm-hmm. without masks wow first day of school in just about exactly two years i think we're about two weeks and change away from where it would have been two three weeks from where that would have been two years that's ago what, and that's when they re- went remote right that was yeah that was when they basically well they stopped they just canceled things for a while and then ended yeah. up getting everything going to get remote imagine this there are first graders going to the end of their first grade year assuming you know they went to kindergarten at that same school that are going to their school for the first time ever and really seeing today their classmates. with masks being being optional so if you're in high school and seen someone's face for the first time, start rethinking those promposals or whatever. I'll tell you what. I, I if I, I had enough problems in high school 
Uh, moment of honesty here. Enough problems in high Those school. Those masks would have helped with, some of us. With my with my complexion, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't imagine the number that that does on some of these teenagers' faces and the difficulty that comes along with that too. So, but anyway, hope a good. I, I think uh, despite all the the. Well, you know what? I'm not even gonna generalize about anything. I'm not even gonna generalize about anything. I'm glad. I'm glad for my. I'm glad for my kids. Glad for all of them. Yep. Yep. Number four. Russia says its recognition of independence for areas in eastern Ukraine extends to territory currently held by Ukrainian forces. Statement further raises the stakes amid Western fears that Moscow could follow up on yesterday's recognition of rebel regions with a full-fledged invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainian forces actually regained control of a large part of both regions. That followed the 2014 independence deal that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had about eight, t- eight years of getting them back, 14,000 people killed. So this is a pretty big deal for yeah, the Ukrainians. that's been going on since, yeah. since that time. It's- and and that, uh, I, it was hard to believe. I mean, we talked about Crimea a lot. But that was even before this. Mm-hmm. So, and and then just this morning, uh, Chancellor Olaf Scholz of Germany took steps to halt the process of that uh, pipeline, Nord yeah. Stream Two. Mark, it looks like it's happening. Yeah, it is. It's it's on. Game on now, and it's not a game. Here's a no. Here's what. Here I got this clip here. This is what Putin said in this hour-long speech that uh, Russian state TV carried over uh, yesterday. I consider it necessary to take a long overdue decision to immediately recognize the independence and sovereignty of Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic. I'm asking the Federal Assembly of the Russian Federation to support this decision and then ratify treaties of friendship and mutual assistance with both republics. These two documents will be prepared and signed in the immediate future, and we demand for those who took over and retained the power in Kiev to immediately stop combat activity. Otherwise, the responsibility for continuing the bloodshed will lay on the shoulders of the Ukrainian regime. So there you go. That last part, Mark? Yeah. There's a... I mean, I would I, I would call it a pretext, but there's a pretext there. It's not a white flag. Well, there's there's uh, unfortunately it it looks like that is the direction that it is going right now. All right, moving on. Number three. Well, there's a new youngin at the Lincoln Children's Zoo, a female giraffe, first ever born. Uh, it was announced yesterday. Mosi is three weeks old. Joined six other giraffes in the barn, a uh, giraffe hey. barn at the zoo, and can be seen starting tomorrow. Got to be growing a little bit, but most you'll be licking your kids' hands in no time. <laughs> they do like to lick. Oh, I'm familiar. I'm. I bet if you've been to the zoo and done the thing like uh, I have with uh, my daughter, where you feed them the the lettuce and you, they and those purple sort of tongue things <laughs> come out and they lick up that lettuce and not enough hand sanitizer in the uh, in the building for that whole thing but that's cool uh, a first in the zoo you know it, it, and it does the the children's zoo's done a, it's just a great job the way that they've expanded that place has gotten bigger and better um, and more of an attraction and more of a great thing here to have in the city so I, I definitely want to see that and I know they're going to be going through some uh, changes in, in leadership with retirement and um, it's it's great what they what they've done there so I, I'm I'm old enough to remember that the most exciting things at the zoo were uh, well a couple of things the stegosaurus fountain number one number two they used to have 
No, is it a, somebody's going to have to fact check me on this. I can't remember if it was a grizzly bear or a or a black bear, but they had a little pit with a bear that roamed around in it. That was kind of exciting and terrifying for me as a kid. Uh, and and then, of course, paper, paper. I love paper. The uh, the Leo the Lion wastebasket air sucking thing. Oh, you you probably haven't even brought your daughter to the zoo yet, have you? I've taken her several times. Sorry, you've done the pit. You've you done the trash paper thing with. I have the, no idea what that is. You, that is the. I mean, that was the highlight of the. No offense to the animals, but that was the highlight of the zoo. It's Where a, is that? It's at? uh. It's by like that concessions area now. It's okay. been at various places in the zoo, but it's a. It looks like a a lion in a cart, but it's a, actually a, a waste basket. But it's got a, a suction thing, so you put trash in the lion's mouth. You you feed it trash, and the whole okay. time it says paper, paper. I love paper, and it's. I, I think it's the uh, voice of, of Scott Young who. Well, other who than does that, that, clearly main attraction. I was going to say I love that Lincoln has places like this that we can take our kids and and. But I will have to try that out. And, I well, guess my whole my, taking my kids to the zoo over the last sixteen years. Every time I come to that thing, I always like. Well, kids are like, "Do you have any trash, Dad?" So I'll get my wallet out and I'll, I'll sit on the bench and I'll clean my wallet out, <laughs> clean all my pockets. Right, here's a straw wrapper. I was a kid. I used to pick leaves off of trees and put them in there because there wasn't enough trash. Um, imagine if we had Leo the this lion. This place is too clean. If we had Leo the lion, uh, if we had Leo the lion on every street corner in Lincoln. Cleanest city in America. Not even close. Adams texted, who deprives their children of feeding Leo the lion? I know those who don't even know it's a thing. Caleb just didn't know. Oh, it's going to become a major part of your life in the coming years. I'm just telling you right now. Paper, paper. Number two. Speaking of trash, there was a little bit of of trash talk on uh, a little bit of trash talk social media, but also a couple uh, really kind of happy. It's been 24 hours from the Munch Madness bracket release and public reacting on both sides of the spectrum. Stepping forth. Yeah, well, we we heard what... uh, it's been it's been predominantly good. There's a lot of people who also did not think that we did a good job, but they also, for the most part, when people say that, they don't understand the process, they don't understand the history, and and that's fine. And so I've been kindly I've explaining an, it. To I've a got lot an people. idea for them. Yeah, buy your own radio station and have a contest. <laughs> uh, but I think here here's the question though. Here's the question: Do who is most likely to unseat? Muchachos from becoming the defending champ when you look at that bracket. To me, that is the, uh, you know, one seeds haven't necessarily, of course, you you look at the one seeds, but one seeds haven't always been super dependable. What was the Muchachos? A six seed last year? They were year? a six seed, yeah. A six did, seed. And did we so. We actually have a repeat here? You can't. Now you can. That is that can happen now. It's part of the, uh, yeah. it's part of the drama. So they could repeat. I mean, out of their own. Out of their own region? I don't know. Green Gateau? Green Gateau's done well in these tournaments in the past. Piedmont Bistro? The, that group is always kind of a little bit 
frankly, underperformed in Much Madness. Not un- underperformed in real life. Great places to go. I'm, you see me at venue a lot. But, but I think, yeah, I think some of these places are getting a little more savvy. And they're uh, they're putting a little uh, effort. Or are we it. just marching unquestionably to a Momo Muchachos final that we can just all <laughs> we can all plan on? Well, Momo's got to deal with Norms on Forty Eighth. Norms on Forty Eighth, which we all are. People are going there, by the way. I wonder how many times Norms That's has gotten. That's awesome. Gotten uh, well, and, told and, about and this remember last thing. year. Now you've got Penelope's Little Cafe as a seven. Weren't they like a fifteen last yeah, year? Yeah, they moved up because of good they, performance, and they won a couple of uh, rounds. I put some thought into these seedings, so you got to watch out for uh, the little cafe that could. We're going to make our predictions when we decide Monday? we were going to do that on Monday. We're going to make our our predictions, but uh, yeah, Caleb, most I of mean, us you, are. you don't have to oh. if you don't want to, but most of us just our predictions, here. not our preferences. I'll, I'll, I'll have to give them to you in advance. But, okay, by the way, oh yeah, you're gone. Uh, six seed won it last year. This year's six seeds, Toast in the Northwest, Paisanos in the Southwest, La Paz in the Northeast, and Pressbox in the Southeast. All four of those, I think, have Final Four potential. I think all four of those have Final Four potential this year. And one more thing I want to add to that. Uh, I know we got to get to the last one here, but... Coming up in 15 minutes at 8.10, we are going to be announcing a little something additional about Munch Madness this year. The United Way of Lincoln-Lancaster County is partnering up with us, and uh, we'll give you all the details. But one of the things, we've done this 13 years, and it's it's real goal in addition to having fun is just kind of giving a little bit of a boost, whatever we can, to local restaurants. And, uh, and and I think we've done that over the years, and it seems even more important now for a variety of reasons to do that. So that's always been the primary purpose, but it gets so much, uh, it, you know, just because of the longevity of it and, and the fact it's, it's uh, posted up in so many offices and so many restaurants and those sorts of things, we thought we could maybe do a little bit more with it to not only help the restaurants uh, in an additional way, no matter how they do in the bracket or what they're seated, and then number two, uh, to help people who frankly, aren't able to go out to eat, right? And we realize there are a lot of people in the community with that, and we think we can maybe harness the power of Munch Madness and and help those issues out as well. So that is the update there. We'll discuss more at 810. I'm very excited about it. We got a, a guest who I really hope is going to be good. I really... <laughs> hey, it's your boss. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get see. into that. All right. Uh, all right. Let's finish this uh, thing off. Number okay, one. Okay, concert, ama- concert announcement time. Do you have your? What time does your watch say right now, Caleb? Seven fifty-nine and forty seconds. It's eight oh two somewhere. <laughs> all right. Uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena is going to be a welcome- welcoming. Not, I'm not kidding about this. On uh, April twentieth, four twenty. Snoop Dogg and Co. Wetzel. It's the mother-loving D-O-double-G. Snoop Dogg straight from the halftime of the Super Bowl to Lincoln, Nebraska on 420. So there you go. <laughs> That's, kind of a, That's kind of an important date, too. We'll have... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think there will be some uh, some yes. petition folks gathering signatures? Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. There you go. Coming up, 8 o'clock hour, uh, we're going to talk about our uh, new partnership with Munch Madness. 
Voting begins March 2nd. Brought to you this year by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. We're going to do some more good with this thing, we hope. We'll tell you about that coming up next. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. From the- KLIN. All right, it's 813 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. We are uh, 24 hours out. 24 hours out, I should say, from... Uh, the public release of the Munch Madness 13 bracket brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. Those first round matchups begin voting on March 2nd. We're giving you a couple of weeks to print out your bracket, find some places to go patronize, uh, check the box. You can The printable bracket has a little uh, checkbox, so you can put it up on your fridge and check off the ones that you've tried or, uh, or want to try, all of those things, and you can make your predictions, have a little family contest as well. And the, the big idea about Munch Madness from the beginning, um, well, uh, John Bishop will tell you that the original idea was just to get us free food, which is not the way that I was looking at it, but... Um, you know, everyone can speak for themselves, but it is to help out local businesses and, 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 and especially now and just get them a little bit more attention, whether they, you know, whether they win, whether they, they're a one seed or a 16 seed, whatever it is, is to get more people aware of them, get people hungry and get people supporting them. It's more important than ever now. But we always thought, Hey, I wonder if there's something more that we can do with this. And I heard about a program that the United Way was doing here in Lincoln, Lancaster County. And uh, it's called Ride United. And I thought, okay, this sounds cool. This sounds like potentially something that really fits well with Munch Madness. So uh, I had to go through a, a lot of red tape to get to the people, obviously, with the United Way of Lincoln, Lancaster County. But I've been successful in uh, getting their executive director, um, Megan Leisfeld. Is that German? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Very close. Very close. Uh, Megan and I have been married for 20 plus years, so um, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm Your well. name's not Jack Mitchell? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Oh, well, it's nice to see Megan kept her maiden name. Yes. Didn't have to. That's, that was a weird name. Down with the patriarchy. Nice, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so y- you had told me about Ride United last summer a uh, little bit, yeah. and this was... Uh, this was a time I think we were all getting more familiar with food delivery services and, and DoorDash and, and all of the other ones that, that uh, have done that just because of what happened with the pandemic. And they were really integral uh, to keeping some of the people who love Munch Madness connected with the restaurants that they wanted to patronize, uh, especially when, when those places couldn't open up their dining rooms and those things. Uh, but United Way has been working on nationally a program that actually uses DoorDash to help people in need who aren't able to go out to eat, who aren't able to get out and go food. Tell us a little bit about the the genesis of the program that is Ride United. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity to You're share a little welcome. bit more. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, it, is a really, it is a really cool program. Um, and uh, we are one of only 31, uh, 32 programs across the nation um, that have been able to bring this into their communities. But it started out as uh, a partnership at the United Way Worldwide Level. So that's kind of the the parent organization for all of our local United Ways. Um, And they uh, started to partner with DoorDash. And and what essentially they decided they wanted to do was um, DoorDash would donate um, the driver, the delivery itself, um, if United Way Worldwide would partner with local United Ways, um, who then turn around and partner with um, local pantries, food pantries, um, to provide shelf-stable food to people in the community who may not otherwise be able to access food um, because of a, a mobility issue, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that Lincoln-Lancaster County United Ways chapter 
has gotten involved in now. And yes. this is something, where are we kind of in, in the timeline of, of this whole partnership so far? Yeah, that's a great question. So in 2019... <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm very good at this. <laughs> you are. You're excellent. Ah, you said I'm good at something. <laughs> <laughs> He acts like that doesn't happen very often. I'm not sure. Um, but okay. So in 2019, we actually kicked off this program, um, and, uh, brought it, uh, uh, to, to our community. And I'm sorry, in 2020, we brought it to our mm-hmm. community. So it was right, right kind of toward the end of the first year of the pandemic when, um, we were starting to see a lot of increased food insecurity, um, and a lot of folks who weren't able to get out of their homes and, and starting to see some of those issues come together. And so, um, in late 2020, uh, we partnered with one of our um, our local nonprofits, and we started to do uh, this program. And we were delivering about 40 um, food bags per week. Um, and then in 2021, we had the opportunity to bring on uh, the Food Bank of Lincoln as a partner, um, who, of course, has access to a great deal of, of, of food and just an incredible infrastructure um, and and connections to those who who have need for for shelf stable food in our community and uh, we've really been able to grow that program we're serving um, and delivering about 200 bags a week uh, now and, and of course we all you know I think we're all familiar with the food bank and the great things they do here but it uh, distributing it distributing it like this takes a lot of resources that they may not have right yeah, drivers yeah. vehicles right all of those things right that DoorDash steps in and and basically supplies. Yeah, this has been an incredible opportunity because this is something, this isn't a new need in our community, um, but it certainly is a heavy resource need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our community just didn't have the, the resources to do that prior to this partnership with DoorDash um, and United Way Worldwide and being able to bring that into our community so that we can actually deliver the food uh, directly to doorsteps. Megan Leesfeld of the United Way, Lincoln, Lancaster County. So you talked about mobility issues. Who are the type of people kind of that, that you, I mean, I know you're very familiar with the with the need in Lincoln on a lot of places, but what, what are the type of people who are served by something like um, Ride United? Yeah, so that's a that's that's a kind of a an interesting question because right now it it could be folks who are <laughs> who are quarantining, and that was really a lot of what we saw in early 2020 or uh, when we first sort of launched this program was, and that was kind of what we conceptualized might be the need: are people who were at home, they weren't able to get out, they needed a neighbor or someone else to go out and. and and get food for them. Um, but if they were also dealing with food insecurity issues, how do you get to a mobile distribution? Um, mm-hmm. We have incredible distribution sites all over this um, the city, but if you don't have the, the means to get to one of those distributions, this is this was one of the ways that we were able to, to step up and help with our response. Um, so it could be um, individuals in our community who lo- rely on public transportation and the public transportation doesn't um, work within a schedule that allows them to get to um, one of our one of our regular distributions in the community that the, that the food bank or other Others may may be providing. Uh, it could be um, individuals who who don't have any type of transportation mm-hmm. or are homebound for one reason or another. If you're perhaps in a wheelchair and have some some uh, mobility constraints in that way and are not able to leave your home, uh, that this would be a program that would be um, be able to deliver that shelf stable food directly to someone's home. By the way, I just got a text from a listener that said, "I learned today that Jack Mitchell married up." So there it is. We got the obligatory. <laughs> we got the obligatory text. So we so. 
Megan and I were driving home from one of our, our son's uh, baseball games that summer, summer 2020. And, and you told me, I was like, I was like, this makes a ton of sense with Munch Madness just because mm-hmm. obviously, and, and we were real focused on delivery services at that time. And, and, you know, the access that that gave some, some people to food, but also there's a lot of people we do this. We talk about, we kind of take for granted going out to eat at these places yeah. and hitting 10, 15 of them. But there are people who don't, don't have that. And I thought, what if we, did some good together with this and really put some resources into the Ride United program. And so what we are going to do, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about how we can have some fun with this, but we are going to uh, do our best to raise some money for Ride United program. What does that, what does that mean for this program? The, the amount of funds, the, the types of, of uh, um, ways that that will impact what's happening with the Ride United program. Yeah, we are. Uh, we have a target goal of ten thousand deliveries in our community um, in twenty twenty two, and that um, while the the resources to deliver the food is provided uh, through the partnership with DoorDash, um, we want to make sure that we have the resources, the food resources, and other resources needed to to ensure that that program um, is able to be sustained at ten thousand deliveries, which is a really substantial amount. Um, but uh, I will tell you, the need is there, um, and we we have seen the need. Continue continue to grow. We become more aware of the need um, day in and day out. And uh, the, the food insecurity issues that, um, that, that face our community have not dissipated um, necessarily as, as the pandemic uh, has sort of um, started to <laughs> dissipate. Um, unfortunately, that's just not the reality. Um, our community was dealing with it with a tremendous amount of uh, food insecurity before the pandemic and, and it persists. So uh, we want to be able to continue to meet that need and, and hit 10,000 deliveries this so, year. So so we're talking about the donations are going to be impactful, those food resources, yes. and, and, and that'll be significant. So yes. here's what we want to do. Okay. Here was the idea that, that, um, we, we've kind of came up with. You, you know, there's only one winner in Munch Madness and they get the nice plaque. You can see them around town. If you go to Muchachos or if you go to Big Sal's or if you go to, um, Fred's at Parkway, they're, they're, uh, or HF Crave or, or any of those places who have previously won this thing. But we thought, okay, what if we did something where, um, we, we allowed people to support the restaurant in ways beyond, uh, beyond just the voting and just the, the single bracket winner. So we are going to ask people if they would like to donate, mm-hmm. um, that, to, that they, they can, do, they certainly can, and we'd love for you to donate. But if you want to, you can do it in basically in the name of one of the restaurants. Okay. In That's one right. of the restaurants, one of the 64 restaurants in Munch Madness. Yes. And we're going to have a little uh, a little bit of like a leaderboard, a little bit of a contest here uh, and see which of the restaurants and, and if restaurants, if they want to partner up in this and they want to say to their patrons, if they want to say to people, hey, we love for you to donate this in our name, we are going to take the one restaurant whose name gets the most donations. Uh, in uh, There are most donations put into their name. We uh, here at Broadcast House, we're going to donate an advertising package to them to get them a little bit of uh, exposure, which this is our mission with this thing, which is so awesome. it's a real combination Thank you for that. Yeah, um, I think it's a I think it's a huge win win uh, for the community and for our restaurant community and and for the listener to be able to still advocate um, for for something great for a restaurant that they care about and wanna and and wanna champion. Um, and so yes, essentially one dollar equals one vote. Um, and so we have made it possible um, at unitedwaylincoln.org slash March uh, Munch Madness. Sorry. Yep. Munch Munch Madness. Wow. Wow. Now we're going to get sued. I know.
unitedwaylincoln.org slash munch madness okay. um, to go out and vote. Uh, and you can, you can, you can scroll through all of the participating uh, restaurants and you can just click on one uh, for every dollar that you donate, then they get one vote per corresponding right. one dollar. But this dollar. is not part of the, bra- this is not it the is bracket. Not, not to it's kind of like Caleb put it best. He said, it's kind of like Miss Congeniality. Yes. To, to some degree. One of Megan's <laughs> favorite love, movies. I do love that movie. <laughs> all right. And, so, and then and we're going to get somebody right here to hand it out. Right? Well, fantastic. Yeah, I will also go. be here then. All right. No. <laughs> Uh, we, we, uh, we're up on time. Oh, we're going to talk more about this at 8.35, give people a little bit more detail on how to do it. What's that website one more time? UnitedWayLincoln.org slash Munch Madness. All right. Sounds good. Let me know what you want for dinner tonight. Will do. All right. Say 25. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. That's Megan Leesfeld for the United Way, Lincoln Lancaster County on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Very excited. Excited about a lot of things. It's been uh, a morning of big reveals. Yeah, it has. You didn't hear Snoop Dogg is coming to Lincoln on 420. With uh, apparently, and I think I mispronounced his name when we did the actual announcement at 8 a.m. I called it <laughs> Koe Wetzel. It's Koe Wetzel. Koe Wetzel. This is a country singer. Yeah. So finally, this country and rap fusion we've all been asked. It's kind of the old town road effect, isn't it? It's uh, the best country and rap fusion we've had since Nelly and Tim McGraw. So this is happening on April 20th, 2022. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. We're going to have a special pre-sale code for you on Thursday. Uh, you can go to PinnacleBankArena.com for more information on that concert. And yes, we are getting all your tweets and messages about... Uh, <laughs> about what this means for the medical marijuana petition, the larger discussion, everything else that goes along with it as well. But that is going to be, uh, I'll tell you what, judging from the reaction to the Super Bowl halftime, with people of a certain generation especially, or a range of generations, I'm going to guess this is not going to reach Elton levels, but will be kind of close. So when can we get Martha Stewart in studio? That's the big question in all. If of this. we, uh, what if we brought this? Is uh, okay. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, April twenty third. So I'm gonna Friday. I wanted to have Snoop help us with request line Friday. Oh, oh. <laughs> can he help us out with like the Friday before? Maybe, maybe. Fumigate uh, the studio. So it's uh, Lincoln's favorite station for announcing hip hop concerts. We're <laughs> really branching out. Uh, hey, I, ju- I just want to add, I know we ran a little short on time there in our interview with mm-hmm. uh, with Megan, um, and ju- just clarify, we're, we're really excited about uh, doing some good with Munch Madness this year and this partnership with Ride United. If you missed the interview, just Cliff's Notes version, um, United Way uh, nationally and, and, and now here in Lincoln Lancaster County is partnered with DoorDash, where DoorDash is, is donating um, drivers and time to make deliveries to food insecure people. Um, they've all combined forces with the Food Bank of Lincoln, and uh, they're doing this, um, but they need, so DoorDash has donated that time, but the, the, the Food Bank and United Way 
want to make sure that they've got the resources there to support this program in terms of in terms of the food. And we're talking about people who are immobile, people who may live alone, who may not have a means of transportation, people who rely on public transportation. Obviously, there are weather issues that come up, um, and, and obviously there have been issues related to COVID that come along with mobility. So these are the people we're serving, and, and I think we take for granted a lot, like I said, that the ability to go out to eat some of these places, there are a lot of people who can't. Um, and this, I think, is a really, I mean, I think it's just a really smart, forward-looking use of resources by a lot of good organizations here. And so we thought we wanted to get in on helping with this. And so, again, you can go to, and it's already starting to come in, you can go to unitedwayoflincoln.org slash munchmadness, and you can make a donation there. And then what you can do is you can make it basically in the name of whatever restaurant you're supporting in Munch Madness. Any of the 64. You can do it for multiple if you want. You can divide it up however you want to do that. And to the restaurant that gives us, uh, that ends up having is number one in the column of the most dollars raised, we at KLIN and Broadcast House are going to um, donate to that restaurant a $2,000 marketing packages, which really brings hey, the whole thing full circle and how we want to give a chance to have some of these places that don't have... You know, it's tough right now in a lot of ways for local businesses and especially local restaurants on a variety of fronts between COVID, between worker um, shortages, between all of that. It can be tough. So there's a lot of these places in this bracket that just don't have any kind of uh, a a marketing budget. And so we're going to give somebody a marketing budget to to do what they want uh, here at the KLIN. So we're really excited about this. Uh, and so you can go to, like I said, again, we'll, we'll post the links to this, but it is uh, unitedwaylincoln.org slash munchmadness. Do we have any, let's see, who's, do we have any early leaders here in, uh, in terms of, in yeah, terms of so, donations? So there's, right now it looks like there has been $10 have come in. Okay. Let me sort this by highest raised. Momo and Sultan's Kite, each with $5. Okay. Momo and Sultan's Kite both have a donation so far. But And, and, and how this works, if you, just, you, you obviously do this on your own. Feel free to do that. Um, if you if you are one of the restaurants, you know one of the restaurants, you want to put a sign up and say, hey, support us. Uh, this is another way you can support us in addition to voting for Munch Madness. This is not connected to the, the bracket voting, Okay. This is like Caleb said it best. It's kind of like miscongeniality uh, of the whole thing. But there's a uh, there's a there's a real prize. You get a plaque if you win Munch Madness in the voting. Uh, we're going to give you a two thousand dollar advertising package to the one who helps us most with these uh, fundraising, or at least nets the most in their name with this. So uh, very cool, very cool. And uh, if you haven't yet, you can print out the uh, the bracket at klin dot com voting. For Munch Madness, as in the bracket, begins March 2nd. So to, now is the time. That's to next go, week. Go out and try these things. Make make your donations in, in the name of your favorite. Even if they lose, even if you go out on the first day, if you're a restaurant, you go out on the first day, you're, you're the entire time, uh, the fundraising uh, on behalf of that restaurant, lose or win in Munch Madness, mm-hmm. is going to go toward this total. And it's going to go through the entirety of Munch Madness. So, got some time. But we're really going to focus on this right now. And then we'll get the voting started on March 2nd. And a big thanks again to University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. They are our sponsors this year for Munch Madness. Did I miss anything there with that, Caleb? I know. And I, I don't... I, uh, my own... 
I, I don't want people to be confused. There's the bracket, and then there's fundraising. There's separate. There's going to be two different, probably right. two different winners with this uh, with this whole thing. Two two different purposes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's all kind of the same purpose as well. Yeah, so. and, and they're in the different places. You've got the uh, United Way Lincoln dot org slash munch madness um that's the miscongeniality as is kind of we're going with for the ad package and then you've Mm -hmm. got the traditional munch madness which you'll be able to go to klin.com we'll have that voting start next wednesday right and as the bracket really starts to get into full swing um that's when you'll really want people to go and vote for the bracket part of it but you already can right now start going through the United Way for that right. uh, Ride United program. And every restaurant has their own text code, too. Yes. Um, so, you know, for instance, I'm just going in alphabetical order, but uh, Nine South Char Grill, if you text Munch Madness 1 to 71777, that'll uh, get you connected with the United Way to make the donation to Ride United. So, again, uh, one more time, uh, unitedwaylincoln.org slash Munch Madness. You can read, you can look at the standings, you can look at the different restaurants available, you can make the donation there. You can read a little bit more about Ride United, the last mile delivery here, this partnership with DoorDash, which is, uh, again, something that I think is really cool and innovative with this whole thing so there we go <laughs> i'm telling you what the reaction to the snoop dog uh, <laughs> i don't know i i don't know exactly what uh, what you've been hearing and seeing because i've been you know interviewing my wife and those sorts of things but yeah the social media has been fun i wonder what the deadline is on on the uh on the petition drives for medical marijuana I wonder what, uh, because that's what a lot of people are uh, are pointing to. I wonder if we can figure out what that, because, man, the the confluence of the way of of just everything right there is going to make that a, a no-brainer. I think it would probably do them pretty good, frankly, on signatures. It's, it's kind of the way that most July 7th. Okay, July 7th, so. You got some time. You've, you've, got, <laughs> you've got some time on that whole thing. Think the governor will say anything about this? Yes. You think so? Yes. Oh my gosh. We will see. (laughs) We will see. Of course, there's there's always the hey, let's all be adults. Let's all be adults. Snoop Dogg on four twenty. You guys know what I'm saying? Exactly. We all turn into kids. Exactly. Um, all right. I want to grab a. Uh, I want to grab a break right now. I just wanted to give a little bit more uh, extensive explanation of this uh, partnership with Ride United and uh, how you can uh, support your restaurant in more ways than just voting for them in the bracket. So uh, check that out. We're going to take a break. It's eight forty-seven. Back after this on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety-nine three KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 852. And it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on uh, on KLIN. Request line Friday, by the way, this week. Open for you to choose what you want. Anything that is uh, fit to play over the radio airwaves. We will play for you on Request Line Friday. You can start texting those in. It's getting earlier and earlier, Caleb, that people start texting those in, and that is fine. But <laughs> it is that way you don't get squeezed in the blitz at the end of the show, which always tends to happen. The earlier, the better for yeah. Uh, the, ear- the earlier you get them in, let, will there be any snoop on Request Line Friday? And how much work are we going to have to do to make sure that we can play it? 
Guaranteed there will be Snoop. Oh, okay. Like, I can gonna, 100% guarantee there will be. You are going to to guarantee it. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I just I wanted to ask you real quickly. Um, we haven't touched on this today. There's been so much to talk about internationally and, and locally and, and Nebraska politics and those sorts of things. I, I wanted to ask you, do you think we hear more from the athletic department, from the women's basketball program, beyond what's been said um, and of course, that has led to a lot of speculation uh, about the situation with Coach Love and and Ashley Scoggin both being separated for the team. That's about all we know. They called the coaches' move a, right. a personnel matter, and basically said Scoggin is no longer with the team. I mean, it's led to, of course, as you would expect, boundless speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always think is is dangerous. If you think you know what's happening, you probably don't yeah. um but do you, does the university have to do they have to say something again do they have to revisit this can it wave around like that what are I, your thoughts on this? i think we'll hear more this week um now i don't know exactly what that'll be but you obviously have to address that you have a, a coach currently suspended mm-hmm. where where is that going why is a personnel matter and that you say on saturday not going to comment further at the time so what is that? That's going true. I guess it's if it's a suspension and not a, you know, not yeah. a dismissal. Yeah, he, he's not been. There's got to be another. There's got to be a conclusion in some direction, right? So you've so got yeah, that, that as well as uh, the player being removed from the team. And Amy Williams said she couldn't talk about whose decision that was mm-hmm. for her to be removed from the roster. Now, when you leave things out there, this is this is always the issue with trying to get one ahead of whatever issues there are going to be. Because obviously something happened. There had to have been an issue or multiple issues, whether or not these two things are connected, for there to be these actions. But when you don't come out and say what the issue or issues were, whatever happened, Mm -hmm. you leave it out there for the public to make up their own minds on what it is. And I mean, it can take you... Two seconds on social media to see what everyone is thinking. It's not hard to connect dots when you see a coach and a player. But all of that remains speculation because you don't have what the actual truth is out there. Until that that comes out, because nobody's talking yet either. Until you have all of that out there in the public, you have to just go by whatever the speculation is. and that's spe- like. But here's the hard calculus and... Here's the hard calculus, because you also don't want to, I mean, I think there, there's some degree of still caring for these people in some way, right. reveal something that they don't want revealed. Well, it, right. Like, how do you, how do you I, I understand what you're saying about needing to get ahead of the speculation to some degree, but on the other hand, the University whose of story is, who, what, who's the story is the that The university had this exact issue a couple of years ago with Capri Davis. Where there was all of the rumors. Everyone's going, well, where, where's Capri Davis? What's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? Well, until she had to come out herself and say that she was not pregnant with Adrian Martinez's child, that's what was the prevailing speculation and rumor for whatever reason, because rumor mills love to just go wild. Right. But the university just stayed out of everything. Well, what the, they're not going to put out that statement, obviously. Well, no, but they also didn't help Capri go get, get in front of it either. Yeah. 
Like there, there was there was a place where the university failed Capri Davis, and that's the reason that she ended up transferring away. Now I'm not saying the university is failing anyone right here, but by leaving it open out there, you're letting the speculation continue to go rampant. I would expect we hear stuff this week. You think, yeah, and you make a good obvious point, frankly, but one that I didn't that if it's a suspension at this point, that mm-hmm. yeah, you've got to have some. Is he eventually coming back? Is he not coming back? What exactly will happen with all of that? And if if he does. You, it really makes it hard to kind of leave it, leave it out there. Yeah. Hanging what, at this what, point. What, what is the what is the role? What it's happened? Just, what where where do you need to have safeguards going forward if something did happen? It's, it's just so. T- I, I mean, I feel bad for the for for everybody involved to some degree, but especially the 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 rest of the team here because mm-hmm. this was a this was a, a shining star in the Nebraska athletic department right now in terms of how this women's basketball team has not only had success this year, mm-hmm. had some ridiculously huge wins this year, are looking at uh, a really promising postseason, uh, not only in conference, but in the NCAA tournament. They're yeah. going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, and and now you've got this right in the home stretch. And it kind of just there being a lot of so many questions, and you think you're getting a lot of, uh, you and I are getting a lot of texts asking about this. Can you imagine if you're anyway connected to that team right now? I I, I can only imagine. You you know you you've got that. But what we did hear from the players and Coach Williams after the game, and and I take this even more. Sometimes you think you're getting coach speak, but when you have players like Sam Hybe after the game, who you know is one of the leaders of this team, saying, "No, we're all together. We've all met as a team." Um, Coach, coach just met with us. This is the way things are going forward. This is the team that we have. You believe that togetherness, and they showed it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Granted, not like a fantastic Minnesota team, not the best team in the conference, but they went out and just hammered them. Right. You got two more regular season games left, one tomorrow and then the, the home finale next Sunday, and then you get into conference play. I expect this team to continue to stay together, and it's um, one of those things that because the season's been so special, mm-hmm. I hope it can stay that way. Yeah. How about the men get a win tonight, too, at Northwestern? Huh? I know they beat them by like 40, I think. <laughs> 30. Come on, it can happen. They're, one of these nights, they're going to get... So you're re- saying there's a chance. I said it all year. They're going to have some night where they hit about 65% from three, and, and it'll all work out, at least for that night. It'll be fine. I hope they can hear Fred Hoiberg on the sideline. Those clips, my gosh. He's, yeah, he's sounding he's, rough. Uh, got a cold... All right, it's 9 o'clock. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. What chapter had Wednesday tomorrow? KLIN.